Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And you know, Marjorie, I think it's really hard to have a strong, comfortable nest if you're battling a lot of health issues. You know, good health is something that a lot of us take for granted until we don't have it. And I know that you have a lot of experience with how someone in a health crisis, how that impacts your entire nest in, in your life. I think that what it, it, I'm finding out now in life that it impacts you very much when you have young children and very much when you have an elderly mother that lives next door. So yeah. I'm finding it on both ends now. But but going back to where I think a lot of our nesters are, when you have children, even teenagers too, because I mean, I think we had health issues all along the way. By not having a consistent, good healthcare team just, like, raises the stress level. Because I think as working mothers in particular, we all know, and it's sort of hard to even admit this, but when your child is sick, there's a part of you that goes, oh, gosh, darn it. Like, I don't have yes. time for this. And, yes. like, that's a, when you think about that, that's such a horrible first reaction to your child being sick. And luckily, when my kids would get really sick, I could tamp that down and not verbalize it to them. But we all know that that's kind of your first thought because right away you're thinking, okay, how do I have to readjust my work schedule? How can my husband pitch in? How am I going to fit into the doctor's office? Oh my God, that's going to take half a day and I'm probably not going to be happy or I'm going to have to go to urgent care. And that all of that, just like all of our blood pressure just goes right off the charts. It totally does. It's so intense. And then I think when you struggle with chronic issues, Mm. that's where you add in an even more intense level of confusion and frustration. Because I think what we have is we have a lot of options for healthcare. We have a lot of them that are very expensive. And it's hard to navigate who to go to. And and when I talk about that in particular, I talk about navigating food allergies and eczema with two of my three children, which unfortunately has become just a rampant epidemic in our yeah. country. And trying to figure out where to go and who to go to has been such mm. a struggle. Now, one thing that's consistent for me that I realized a couple of years ago was that I was getting really sick like a couple times a year and just getting like knocked down. And I would call one person and her name is Senya May and she is my acupuncturist and she is, of course, a big supporter of the podcast. She sponsored the podcast. She's our most regular guest on the podcast. And and I would be like, Senya, I need help bad. And I started to go and she would help me. But there is an easier way to go about it, which is consistent care. And so that's when I started seeing Senya Every month. I mean, I took a a little bit of a hiatus after I had Heathcliff because I was kind of just like figuring everything out. But then I'm back to at least once a month 
going to acupuncture. And Senia has become such a wonderful resource for me, not only for acupuncture, but for all of the other things that I integrate into my healthcare team too. And that is why I thought it was so important to get to talk to her today because Healing Insight in St. Paul helps people with all sorts of issues like fertility, autoimmune, metabolism, all of that. Remember when she did our episode on anxiety, one of our first episodes? Yep. It's a huge yeah. one. It's episode 25 if you want to go back and listen to it. But what I want to talk about with Senia today is building your healthcare team, how to figure out who should be on your team and following your own instincts when it comes to your healthcare and maximizing your time and your money because it is a lot it's it's a, just a big resource, and so we're so happy that Senya is back on her favorite podcast and ours, Best to the Nest. Hi, Senya. It's so true. This, is, this absolutely is my favorite. No questions asked. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here, Senya. This is really great. And, you know, people might not necessarily realize if they've heard you on the podcast or seen you on Twin Cities Live or even been in for an appointment, that healthcare is really in your blood. I mean, it's in your chosen family, and it's also in the family that you didn't choose, <laughs> that you got. <laughs> it's Yeah, it absolutely is. And so my husband's a physician, and so we kind of got the East meets West thing going on in our house, which makes for very interesting discussions over the dinner table much of the time or arguments. My, my older sister is also an acupuncturist for the acupuncture sisters, which is kind of fun. My, I have two little sisters. One is a nurse. One was a, a speech pathologist who's now a parent coach. And my brother-in-law is a chiropractor. So, wow. I mean, we have just tons of, tons of medical people in our family. So where does that come of- from? Did that come from your parents? Maybe. I mean, my mom's kind of a healer. So, you know, she really wasn't, that wasn't her profession. But like, I mean, my grandpa was an herbalist. He had a little notebook that he'd carry around on the farm where he'd say, oh, well, use this sap on your skin. It'll help heal this. And which I really didn't know. So I'm actually kind of a third generation healer, which I didn't realize until I actually got into Chinese medicine. Okay. Okay, That's a really cool. cool legacy. And I wish I could see your grandfather's notebook. I love that. That's really wonderful. That's great. Yeah, it really is. It's um I'm actually just started reading. I just picked up on my and put on my nightstand Senya the um Rosemary Gladstar's Family Herbal book, which is just such a fascinating little book to like page through and see all of the amazing things that plants and herbs can do for you. And it just it makes me look at things that even I have in my garden in a totally different way. Absolutely. It's so fun because there's always more to learn about herbs and plants and food too, which is one of my favorites. One of the things I I love talking about with you, Senya, and one of the reasons I think you're such a key guest for us on Best of the Nest is I love your optimism about health. And I think one of the things when we talk about getting a healthcare team, that was my frustration with my children growing up. We had some chronic issues as well. My son, my older son, who was a swimmer, a competitive swimmer, and so it was really hard for him, had gastrointestinal pain that really to this day is sort of unsolved. We sort of figured it out on our own despite trying traditional medicine to figure it out, but was just severely modifying his diet. And then my other son suffered from asthma when he was a baby. And I was hugely frustrated with the medical with the doctors that we were coming in contact with. And I had resources and a certain amount of time to dedicate to these issues. And I don't think I ever did it very well. And I take ownership of that part of that in terms of getting frustrated. But I also think that I never felt like I mattered 
or that their cases mattered. Like I, I didn't feel like our, my children were necessarily being seen. My younger one with asthma, finally, when he got to a specialist, I think is that's where we saw some progress. But again, it was pretty traditional Western medicine. As a baby, he was on some pretty significant steroids, which is not a comfort zone for many of us. But I think that's what I love talking to you about, this idea. You always bring such a, a lightness and joy to the idea of healthcare and finding answers. And so I just, I'm so thrilled to you to, to talk to you about helping people know the importance of a healthcare team. Yeah. And I think most people don't really know what their options are, right? I mean, you just think you go to your, you go to your regular doctor and maybe you go find a specialist and that if you like the path ends there, but that's not the case at all. I mean, I get lots of people who come to our clinic and they have really complicated cases and they've gone to the Mayo and nobody's been able to help them. And, and I just tell them like, this is a tip of the iceberg. Like you've hardly tried anything. If all you've done is Western wow. medicine, there are so many options out there. And even if Chinese medicine isn't the answer for you, or functional medicine, which I'm doing more of, like there's still other options beyond that. Like have hope. There's so many ways that we can come at this and don't give up because there are so, you know, there are so many resources these days. It's so true. But then you kind of got like the double-edged sword there because I liken it to like when you're building a custom house versus building a house with like a, a big box builder, right? Like when you build a custom house, it's so great to have all the options and there's all these different things. And then you realize, holy hell, I've got all the options. How am I going to make any decision here? You know, so we want to find like kind of a happy medium. And I think this podcast is going to be a really good place to start. So Senya has a strategy for us in terms of building your healthcare team. What should the components be? Where should we start? And what might we be missing? So let's kind of break down uh, this ratio that you've come up with, Senya. So I think you really need to think of your healthcare team as being a ratio of thirds. So one third of your healthcare team should be Western medicine because you do want to have practitioners who are screening you for these really severe illnesses, who can do lab tests and colonoscopies and whatever it is that you might need, all that, that imaging work um, to rule out the bad stuff. Um, and then also doing like some of the specialty testing that they can do. So I think that is really, really important. And sometimes people get wonder if as a holistic practitioner, if I'm against Western medicine, and I'm absolutely not, there's such an important place for Western medicine. And I think that we all need to have a really good doctor on our side who understands us and who knows us and who follows us for our lifetime. So I think that's really like like an important first step, which many people do have. Yeah. And that's generally the one that's like covered by insurance. You're going to have preventive things built into your system. So you should be taking advantage of those things. And and you're totally right. I mean, I, I always say, like, if I had my arm cut off, like, I want, haul me to the ER. Like, I want the best right. surgeons. You know, I mean, like, God love, I love what Senia can do, but she's not going to use her <laughs> acupuncture needles to reattach my nerves. You know, like, I That's need right. yeah. the surgeons to come in and do that. And, and I just love that you're bringing up that you don't have to be, just because you are a person who incorporates whether it's TCM or functional medicine or all these different things or homeopathy into your healthcare team, it doesn't mean that you're anti-Western medicine. I think we're getting to this point where it's like, if you even ask a question about Western medicine, you're seen as being against the science. And I just, I think that's such a short-sighted way to look at things. You can incorporate all these different elements into our healthcare is so important. What should we expect from our primary care in terms of how they treat us? 
Like, what yeah. is the expectation? Because they're under enormous amounts of pressure to see incredible amounts of people in a day. So right. if you they get more than a lot of patients. Yeah, they see a lot of patients. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. So what should we expect from a primary? Well, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is you need to advocate for yourself. So it's not just about going to whoever's closest or who's ever like, you know, just under like a simple insurance. Like, you know, you really want to find somebody who uh, is a good match for you, who's going to who's going to spend some time and listen to you when you go in for your initial intake and who has similar values to you. Right. So it's like I'm very holistic. And like I said, I'm, I love Western medicine. I think it's an important part of my my, my health care team. Um, but I need to see somebody who's also holistic minded. So I can't go to somebody who's super old school and is like, well, if you have a, if you have an issue, I'm going to give you a drug. If you don't take this drug, I don't want you to be my patient. Like I can't have somebody with that attitude. And that happens. Yeah, it it totally does. Oh, it's shocking what some of my patients tell me their, their physicians say to them. Um, So if you are more holistic minded, you need to find somebody who's either a holistic physician or maybe an integrative physician, like somebody who's going to be open to those types of therapies and is going to encourage you hopefully encourage you to pursue them. And if not, like, if not encourage you, at least not discourage you from doing it. I I have a really great integrative physician and I hadn't seen a doctor for like five years because my last doctor, I said, you know what? Hey, thyroid cancer runs in my family. Shouldn't we run a thyroid panel on me? Just like get a baseline or check. Like my mom had cancer when she was in her forties. And she said, no, your thyroid's fine. If you want to get a test to go to an endocrinologist, I'm like, you could have just ordered the labs for me. It really wasn't yeah. that big of a deal. And I felt so, I felt kind of shamed by her for mm, even yeah. asking that I didn't see a doctor for five years after that. And yeah. then I found this other doctor and went to see her. And it was actually somebody my husband recommended. She's got great bedside manner. She's like super, super smart and she's holistic minded. I sat down with her. I was like, look, I'm concerned about this. Like I'm concerned about thyroid cancer. I just want to rule this out. And she said, yes, absolutely. We're going to run all these tests. Here's all the labs we're going to do. She said, and you also have a lot of diabetes in your family. I'm concerned about that. I want to run all these labs for diabetes. I was like, what? You're like running labs I'm not even asking for because you want to be on top of my health? I was blown away. I'm like, I love you. I'm seeing you forever. Never retire. You're amazing. (laughs) See, and that's such a good point, Senya. I love that of like, okay, so these are the feelings. These are the feelings that you're describing that you should have. That it is, I, I, as soon as you go, we're talking about feeling shamed. To me, that is like the boundary. Like if I am feeling I am being shamed by someone, I I mean, and I take that anywhere. Like I take that with viewers. (laughs) Like I take that from anybody who tries to shame me. We're out. We're done. This is off the table. Like this is not a relationship that's going to continue because there is no place for shame in this game. Like I I just don't have the time for it. And I think that's a big boundary. And then I also think when you were talking about like finding that person, for me, what's really helped has been talking with friends, talking with my sisters, finding like-minded people. So finding people where I'm like, oh, I understand, like you kind of look at your healthcare the same way that I do. Who do you see for this? Who do you see for that? You know, I ask Senya for recommendations. I ask other people that I know for recommendations. And I also think there's really something to a gut feeling that you can, if you can just kind of be quiet and listen to yourself. I mean, I've talked about this, that that's how I found our first marriage counselor or our only marriage counselor. 
was I just saw her picture on the website and I just read what, what was her little bio and I just sat quietly with it and I was like, this is our person. And it's amazing what, how you can figure out that you can connect with someone. It's like, it's like when you meet a, a new friend and you're like, this person is going to be my friend. I can feel that this person is going to be my friend. I feel like you should have that same, give that same respect and that same time and that same credit to your own self when it comes to choosing who's going to be helping you with your health. Absolutely. And I think that brings up a really good point. And that is like, how do you find somebody to begin with? And you talked about like talking to your friends for people who are, you know, like-minded, but I also love to send people to practitioners websites. I'm like, go to their website, look at their picture, read their bio. Like, is there something in there that speaks to you? So if you're going to, you know, like a counselor's website and they have eight different practitioners there, well, sit with each one of those and just like, see, does anybody kind of stand out to me here either in what they're saying or, or their picture where like, they seem, they seem kind or they seem what I'm like, what I'm looking for. They, you know, or they look like they're going to give me tough love and that's what I need right now, you know? (laughs) Whatever it might be, I mean, I think you can get a lot from that. And as women, we maybe discount that a little bit or maybe haven't practiced using that. But that's, I mean, intuition is huge for picking a practitioner. Like, don't just pick somebody out of the the listing of your insurance and just go see them. It's like, well, you know, look at websites for five or six people and start there. You're going to you're gonna rule out the, you know, the crotchety judgmental person who isn't going to be a good fit. Just by looking at yeah. their picture and being like, I don't even want to sit in a room with this person. <laughs> that- that is so true. There are so many clues in websites and there are so many clues in doctor's offices. I was at an orthodontist office, I think last week, and I walked into the office and in their little entryway, they had a big board with all these like fun little doodles. It's an orthodontist office. So they're marketing to teenagers, not to a 57 year old woman who's trying to fix her Invisalign. Not me, but I still appreciated this. I walked in and on the board, it said, welcome. And it had everybody that had an appointment that day, including me. So it had my name on the door. And I thought, this is really well done. And then because I'm in communications, I'm like, are they going to follow through all the way through the process on that, that nice move that they made at the beginning? That was a great little marketing thing that they did. I felt welcomed. Now let's see how it goes all along the way. And sure enough, that initial welcome was representative of everybody's attitude in that office all along the way. It was incredibly pleasant. So between the website and then, which I looked at, the website and then the office, it it lived up to what I thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of times, I, I think you already said it, Senya, is we look at who the insurance, who our insurance will pay for. And you just sort of go with what's on the list, but we're all smart people. You can dig deeper than that. You can dig deeper yeah. than that, and it's helpful. And you can take time on that list. I mean, you can totally take time on the insurance approved list and, and start there. Okay, so we've covered a third with a primary care provider. So whether you know that's uh, that's a doctor, I would think maybe like an I've I've seen a nurse practitioner for many years. You know, within that different realm. Now let's go to the second third. What else do you want us to consider, Senya? You really want to have some great root cause medicine practitioners who are going to dig in a lot deeper and not just look at not just treat the surface symptoms of things. When you talk about that, because that would be for me stepping out of my norm. I've never done that before. So what do I look for in terms of credentialing and sort of making sure that these are 
valued practitioners, that these are going to be good practitioners. Is there, is there a way to judge that? Absolutely. I mean, most, most practitioners are going to have training of some kind and probably a licensure. So when you're looking for a great, so, you know, if we call this like a great holistic practitioner, you really want to see where they got their degree from or what kind of degree they have. So you don't necessarily want somebody who's just, you know, a generalist who maybe has like a bachelor's degree in, in something general. Like you really want to look for, you know, if it's Chinese medicine, you want somebody who has a master's degree or a doctorate in Chinese medicine. If it's a naturopath, you want them to have a doctorate of naturopathy. If it's a functional medicine practitioner, you want them to have a certification in functional medicine. Um, so you, you know, you really want to be looking for that, that degree and preferably a, a, a good certification in something. I think that's really helpful, especially in the world that we're living in where everyone's like a coach of some sort, where you can be like a fitness coach because you're, you signed up under an MLM. You know, I mean, you can be a health coach, you can call yourself a health coach and there certainly are some health coaching certifications out there and probably some that are very legitimate. But if you're looking at, I mean, I think that's maybe different where maybe you're getting some ideas about a healthy lifestyle or things like that. But if you're, if you're working on a chronic issue and getting to the root of it, it's important to find someone who can really help you. I think that's a super, super good point because even on Instagram, like everybody calls himself a coach. I've noticed like everybody's a coach on Instagram and, and it's like, well, what, I mean, yes, you went through uh, an issue on your own and you figured out how to fix yourself, but that doesn't mean you can fix everybody else. I have, you know, I have a, I have four years of training with my degrees and, you know, and other certifications on top of it. You know, I've, I have a lot of training so that I can help a lot of different people, not just people who are like myself. So yes, mm-hmm. don't go for the, don't go for the health coach. If you're trying to do a deep dive into a, a chronic illness or something that's really serious, like then you want to look for somebody who has training and credentials in it. Well, I, I think we always have to look seriously if we're going to ask somebody who's going to tell us to ingest something. You know, I mean, I think if you're asking somebody about, you know, what what should I do? What should I take? What medicine should I take? You really want somebody who knows what those are going to do to your body in particular. And for a lot of people now, I think everybody I know is on some sort of medication. So you have to have somebody that also understands interactions and all of those really important things. So I think, thank you. That's good guidance on what to look for. Yeah. And I think like beyond looking for like, you know, okay, what is this going to do inside your body? It's like, if you're taking too much of it, if it's the wrong thing, what are the problems it's going to cause? And that's what you don't learn in like a certificate program, like something super, super basic. I'm trained to look for like herbal. I mean, Chinese herbalism is super complicated. It's very sophisticated. So people come in like, well, my friend's an herbalist and she prescribed this for me. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you're on too high of a dose because it's throwing your body off. It's doing this to you. But I have the training to look for that. So it's looking for like, yes, how does this affect you? And if it's wrong, what problems is it going to cause? Because you have to be able to to troubleshoot that as well. Oh, it's so important. Those Chinese herbs that you have, you got stacks of them, Senya. You cannot mess around with those things. Those are serious. You can't just like (laughs) go to a store and buy Chinese herbs and start taking them. You're going to lose your mind. No, please don't do that too. And that's another thing, you know, and the more I've been really like, I've been listening to this podcast with this Ben Greenfield, who I talked about on the, um, on our podcast, he interviews a lot of experts. He's been interviewing a lot of people that I've been listening to that are 
they are like supplement makers and things like that. And it's really fascinating when you get into even just like taking a supplement off the shelf is not a good idea. Like taking just a random magnesium is not a good idea because there are different kinds of magnesium. I mean, those are all the things that like having someone work through. Number one, it's number one, the goal is to not have something hurt you. But number two is the goal is to not be just throwing your money away, not just wasting money on stuff that's not even going to have any impact because it's like, oh, someone said magnesium is good for me. I'm going to grab one off the drugstore shelf and just like call it a day. So Senia, you've covered the the first third, the second third. What's the third third of your um, of your healthcare team? What do you want us to do? So the final third is to have wellness care. And what are you doing to keep yourself healthy as the months go on? And, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are more focused on let's take care of what our, like what the problem is and let's fix it. But what are you doing on an ongoing basis to make sure that you just don't backslide? And that's one of the reasons why we created a membership program for our clinic because people would come in for acupuncture because they had issues with their menstrual cycle or fertility or digestive issues. And we'd turn their health around. We'd fix it for them. And we'd say, okay, we'll come in once a month and we can maintain this and keep things flowing. And then, you know, they would for a little bit and then they'd drop off. And then six months or 12 months would go by and they'd show up back at our clinic. They're like, oh, I totally backslid. I knew I should have kept coming, but I didn't. And now I'm dealing with this issue again and it's not as bad. But, and so we just decided, you know what, we, we want people to come in regularly. So we set up the membership program where you come in once a month. And for, for women who do that, then they're not showing up six months later feeling terrible. They feel really good as each month goes on. And Mm -hmm. it's been really amazing to see for the years that we've, we've had that program. That's been the biggest thing for me, Senya, is the once a month. And you know how I, how I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but how I, how I really got into the mental zone of that was if I can make time to go and get my hair done every six to eight weeks, like I can prioritize an hour to go and focus on my health and my wellness every month. This is crazy. So what happens every month? So Elizabeth, when you go in, is that acupuncture once a month? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's acupuncture oh, once a month. And I, and I sit down with Senya. I mean, I think it's probably different for different people, but at least when I go in, we sit down and she says, so what are, what are we working with today? Like what's going on? And sometimes I'll, I'll start like word vomiting things that I didn't even realize were happening. You know, it's like, well, everything, I, I usually am like, everything's really good. And then I like vomit five things that aren't good. And, um, and she's like, okay, well, we're going to do a, you know, we'll do a stress point. We'll do an immunity boosting point. We'll do some other points. And then Senya in her needly magic, you know, she just like moves around and finds spots to Ugh. stick needles in. And, um, and then I've been doing a lot of cosmetic acupuncture because I am vain and <laughs> I want my skin to look great. And so that's part of it. But it's, it really is every month just a time to come in, focus on how I'm feeling and and just do like a little boost and it's amazing i mean senia you hit points this point on my um in between my thumb and my forefinger is she always puts a needle in there and i'm like cripes senia that one hurts and she's like <laughs> that's time. a stress point that's your stress <laughs> point elizabeth is it yeah. really because when my husband my husband is a very good masseuse and so when he'll do my hands that i actually love that feeling it's like a good pain 
like when he hits that point when mm-hmm. he's rubbing it, I do love that feeling because I do think mm-hmm. it, whatever your needles are doing, it's a huge release right there. Oh, I cannot wait to see you, Senya. I'm getting it's, so excited yeah. just thinking about it. <laughs> so, Senya, the difference then between that, because I've seen you for acute, more acute issues too, you know, I mean, when mm-hmm. I've had strep throat or whatever, I've come in, but does does that consistent wellness care, I mean, I suppose if you're integrating, you know, a practitioner that you're seeing, I think it also trickles down into like, if I see you, then I'm more thoughtful about like what I'm putting in my body or what I choose not to put in my body. Like, I, I feel like it just kind of, it, in addition to that visit with you, it also spills over into other areas, like the other days of the month, basically. Oh, it's so true. And I think that was one of the most surprising things I found from our membership program when we started it was that people come in and they say, I'm, you know what? I've been eating really well because I know I have to, I knew I was coming to see. <laughs> or, you know what? I, I, I don't really like to walk in the winter, but I've been doing it because I knew I was going to come in to see you and I wanted to tell you that I was doing it. And so there's, there's oh, that accountability funny. with somebody else. That then you take care of other areas of your health. And that's part of the reason why people do so well when they are making that conscious effort with another practitioner to uh, to take care of themselves. On an well, I think, I think that's really of, fascinating. This idea of wellness, too. I think if we go back to primary care physicians, I know enough of them. We have a couple in our family. Their frustration is that you can you might have somebody come in who's got all sorts of health issues, which diet, mindfulness, exercise could help take them off some of the medications they're on and they don't mm-hmm. do it. And so I, I, you know, just, I know from a, you know, from the primary standpoint, there's great frustration in that a lot of people don't take responsibility for that baseline wellness of what am I actually putting in my body? A sugar salt cycle is not going to make me feel good. It's not going to help my blood pressure. It's not going to help getting me down to a healthy weight where I'm not going to have other issues with my knees or my back. And so I, I, this idea of some sort of accountability when you know there's another healthcare professional out there who really cares about your story, I love that idea that that could help you stay on track to make those changes that I think, quite frankly are very hard to make because we're surrounded by food that's not good for us. We're surrounded right. by things that aren't good for us. And so I, I love that idea that, that just the idea that they have to see you every month makes them think yeah. more about how am I actually living my life. Yeah. And I think another part of it too is it's so overwhelming because you just listed five things people could do, right? Mindfulness, yeah. exercise, eating, right? Like there's supplements you could, there's so many things. How do you know what you should do? Like, right. I mean, you can read, I mean, every magazine that you read, it's going to give you 20 tips or 50 supplements that right. you can take. How do you know what's right for you? That's uh-huh. where you need to see an expert. Like you can take, there's some basic things you can take off the shelf. Sure. You can take vitamin D or take a multivitamin or whatever. Like it's not going to hurt you, but like, how do you know you're taking the right thing? And how do you mm-hmm. know that's the best thing for you? Like right. maybe what, maybe counting your macros for your diet isn't as important as identifying your food sensitivities, right. you know? And when you see an expert who's trained in it, they're not just going to take, they're not just going to tell you, do these 10 things. They're going to say, look for your body and what's going on with you. Here's the top three things you need to do. And with my patients, that's, that's what I always remind them. They're like, well, but I read that I should do this and this and this. And I'm like, nope, 
top three things you need to be doing. You need to focus on these three three things. Don't worry about that other nonsense. That's not what you need. And when you have somebody who knows you really well and sees you for a long period of time, they can just, they can cut through some of the crap and just give you really targeted advice that's actually going to work. Yeah, that's really great. When it comes to just integrating, though, like daily wellness into your life, I mean, what pops into your mind, Senia, when you think about those top couple things? And again, I mean, you just said that you could get 20 tips from a magazine. I trust you much more than I trust a magazine. So if you think about what's something, if you're listening to the podcast today, a lot of people listen to us while they're out on a walk, which I think is just so great. But if there are a couple of things that you could just quickly integrate into your daily wellness kind of routine, where do you see the most impact? Well, there's the three free therapies in Chinese medicine. The first one is sleep, getting enough sleep. Oh. And I think that is so, so key. Why don't you tell Heathcliff that, honestly? Will you call him? Will you call Heathcliff <laughs> Carl Reimer? Be like, um, do you hear this? Your mother needs, Mama needs some to sleep. sleep. <gasps> okay. Yes. Okay. Number two. Um, Number two is exercise. So, and you know, whatever that means, walking. If that means doing something crazy like CrossFit. You know, I'm a huge cyclist. I think that's that's really important. Um, And then diet is also really important. But I really like a more targeted diet for people. I mean, I think that I think it's really important to know your food sensitivities because the more I work with that, I feel like. The more I see how it's affecting people's inflammation and their yeah. weight and their energy and gluten-free diets got have been really trendy for the last five years, but there's so much more to it than just gluten. And so I think being able to personalize that and seeing like, okay, well, what are your food sensitivities specifically? Because there are lots of different diets that you can do, paleo or be vegan or whatever it might be, but I think food sensitivities is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, um, a, I can imagine a, that some people who are like, oh, I went vegan and I felt so much better to me sometimes is like, yeah, you probably don't do well with dairy. Like maybe you have a mm-hmm. dairy problem, you know, it's like a dairy problem that didn't turn into like, and then you're, you kind of like miss the boat if you just go, I'm going to subscribe to this diet. Now, if you have an ethical situation, that's also a different, but if it's just like this diet and I'm just going to kind of shoot darts in the dark to figure out what it is where you might have accidentally solved the problem without really getting to the root of it. But I think a lot of people do that. I mean, my son is a perfect example of that. They do that because they're just so desperate to feel better. And then when they do, they're so grateful that they feel better. They don't really necessarily nuance it. And I think if there's anything that I love, what I love that we're talking about today is that we should be and can be much more proactive. I mean, when my son was, the the son that was a swimmer, who was just desperately trying to find a way to be able to be in the pool four hours a day without being in pain, what he narrowed it down to was like eight chicken breasts for dinner and potatoes. I mean, because pretty much that's all he could do to keep his body moving. Not saying this is healthy, Senya. I'm just saying this is the solution he found. But I wish I had been – it worked, but I wish I had been more supportive and understanding that we needed needed to search for different kinds of answers because Western medicine hadn't provided them for us. We should not have stopped there. I mean, we're talking about – this was in the early 2000s when he was in college. So this was a long time ago. So – I think this is so exciting, which brings me back to what I said at the beginning. It's why I love talking to you because there's hope. 
We just, there's really hope that you can feel good. If you've gone to Western medicine and you still don't feel good, there's hope. And just because they say you should take this medicine and this medicine and this medicine, my husband experienced that a little bit. They put him on a blood pressure medicine at the beginning of COVID that made him chronically cough. Well, that's a bad situation to be in during COVID. When yeah. You go out and you're coughing all oh the time. Gosh. Nobody wants to be near you. And so he has a wonderful doctor now who really worked with him and is working on, okay, here's a different BP medicine, but let's try these other things that might help you to come off of that medicine for good. And I think that's that's what you're looking for, is you're looking for somebody who's going to sort of, what we always say in our family is, turn the stone with you. Look at that stone in a lot of different ways. And I think not only do you do that, but you offer such great hope for, we can turn that stone and we're going to really try and find an answer. But that, that re- may require stepping out of your comfort zone of Western medicine. And I look back and, you know, I can only do better now with between my husband, myself, communicating to my sons and now working with my 87-year-old mother of we can look at it differently. We can step outside of Western medicine and try and find those answers that it's not providing, which doesn't mean that it's failing us. It's not yeah. It's not their job necessarily to puzzle solve. Like you said, that yeah, 30% is it's do the labs, do the crisis management, find the big things. Now mm-hmm. it's up to me to find that healthcare team for me, for my mom and my husband's finding his. But I think it's really important. And it's such a hopeful message to me. I love that. I do too. Senya, do you feel though, I mean, you're married to a physician, so let's kind of like put a bow on it by talking about that relationship with West, Western medicine. I mean, I've mentioned this to you before. So we see an allergist and I've seen this same allergist for almost seven years because he's worked with my daughter and then now my youngest son. And he said to me, we're dealing with this eczema and eczema is, is exacerbated by food allergies, but it's also has other triggers as well. And our doctor said, you know, we identified that he's allergic to eggs and dairy. So here's our plan. I want to see him every, you know, X amount of times. We're going to continue to do testing and we're going to work through, you know, all these different things. And, but he said, but that's about as far as I can take you. I mean, and he was very open about that. You know, that's about as far as I can take you because I kind of love that. I I love it. He's a great doctor, and 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 he is certainly he is trained in Western medicine. He, it's not like he was like I'm going to recommend that you see all these other people. But to me, that was here's what I've given you. Here's the tool. We know he's allergic to eggs and dairy. This is what you have to do, and he has to do in order to keep those things out of your diet for now. And then here's how we're going to progress on trying to work on those issues. But this is as far as I can take you. And so then I integrate other elements into that treatment and into that progress and into the healing basically, because it's a chronic thing. And it's not like we're going to just find one magic cream that's going to solve it. It's a chronic Mm -hmm. issue that we need to heal him from. And, and so I felt a lot of hope in terms of Western medicine, there was like a time where I just felt like they were so shut down to the idea of integrating anything else in. And now I think that there, that a lot of physicians are more open up to that sort of idea. Do you feel that way, Senia? Or am I just finding the right ones? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true because I've been in practice for 13 years. And back in 2008, when I first started, people came to acupuncture, like, like if people came to acupuncture is because they were desperate. 
and they mm-hmm. had tried everything else. And their physicians would say, they were a little bit open to it. They say, well, acupuncture works for some things. We don't know why, but sure, go ahead and try it. And now it seems like more physicians are even recommending other types of treatment techniques. Like, okay, get acupuncture, like go see a naturopath, like do some functional medicine testing. You know, know, they're, they're really recommending more of that. So I've seen it change a lot in 13 years. How much of an influence have you had on your husband's practice and how he practices medicine? Oh. Um, is, is he around? Can he hear you? He can't hear me, so I will tell him. Okay. He'll never listen to this podcast, so I will tell you the truth. Here. Okay, good. So when I decided to go into Chinese medicine, when I was, um, I was actually, an en- I used to be an engineer. I decided to go back to school, and I was so miserable in engineering. And and when I said I'm going to school for acupuncture, he kind of he kind of looked at me and he said, "You know, honey, I'm happy you found something that will make you happy." Okay, I mean, it was okay. super patronizing. And I was like, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then four years it. later, I graduated. And I'm treating patients, right? And I've been o- only open for three months. And he says to me, you actually heal people. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, honey, that's why I go into this medicine. Because he was an ER doctor. So he's just putting a Band-Aid on everything. He's like, right. you actually, like people get better when they come to see you. Like if they come to see you for oh. three months, you turn their life around. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. So then fast forward to when I opened Healing Insight, like our bigger clinic on Grand Avenue, and he was helping me get it set up. And he looked around one day and he said, so what do I have to do to work in a place like this? <gasps> this is really amazing what you do. And he actually oh. went, he actually changed. He was looking for a different career because he didn't like the schedule of emergency medicine. Oh, that's yes. so hard. That's tough. And so I sent him to get trained in functional medicine. And it blew his mind. It blew his mind because he finally got to look at the body in a holistic way, but in a Western medicine holistic way. Right. So he could finally look at health the way that I do. And he said, I can't go back. I can't go back to practicing medicine the way that I did before. And so he ended up switching his career. He got certified in obesity medicine because in Western medicine, if you help somebody lose 10% of their body weight, you can fix so many, you can help so many things, yep. their cholesterol, their heart attack risk, their diabetes, their joint pain, like all those things. He's like, I actually want to help people feel better for the long term. Oh, that's, that's what great. I want to do now. So that's great. I would say I had a little bit of influence on him. Yay. That makes me feel Senya. pretty darn good. And Sandy, you can say, I'm so glad you found something that makes you happy. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to say that to him. That's awesome. That is really great. That's wonderful. Senia, this is so helpful. It's just so helpful. I think it really clearly helps people to break down. And when we were talking about this at my last appointment, as you were putting needles in my stress points, I was thinking, you know, this is really going to, I think, help a lot of people understand, like your third, third, third framework just makes so much sense to just put that down and kind of like write it down, like write out a list of, okay, Here's in my third. Who's my primary people? What are they helping me with? Who are my holistic people? Who, um, what are they helping me with? And then what are my wellness r- routines and how am I integrating this on a monthly, weekly and daily basis? Yep. I might even say, you know, break it down monthly. I go to see Senya 
weekly, I'm going to my therapist. It's very expensive. My situation is very expensive. And then daily, <laughs> I'm taking... You can do yoga. Like, yeah, yoga. we're going to yoga. Yeah. Exactly. Weekly, I'm going to yoga. Daily, I'm integrating, you know, walks or smoothies or, you know, whatever those things are. It's You have just such a beautiful picture of feeling not only empowered, but then also feeling supported when it comes to your health and your wellness and feeling good because again i mean just like we talked about at the beginning of this episode you it is so difficult to have a beautiful strong nest that prepares you to fly which we always talk about prepares you to launch out into the world and go and accomplish great things if you don't feel good i might say that Mm -hmm. that's like a virtually an impossible task to overcome and so if you can really get a handle on prevention and handling chronic issues and, um, you know, hopefully preventing those big things from happening or pushing them back as long as possible. Think about the beautiful life you can live. Sunny, you've contributed greatly to my quality of life and I'm just grateful for you every day. So please don't delete my number so I can text you regularly. (laughs) You you both will love this. I just got all of my labs back. So this wonderful doctor they went to see did all of just a ton of testing to try and figure out what's going on. So they call me today and they're like, your tests are all normal, except we did find that at some point in your life you had mono. <laughs> and speaking to speaking to the idea of you can't perform at your best level, I'm thinking, okay, at what point in my life was I working through mono? Like, just going to work every day, getting the job done, because certainly I probably wasn't at peak performance. But this is so important. And I think the other quick thing before we wrap up that I think, I hope, Senya, what you have freed people from is this idea that your primary care physician is your only physician. And I think primary is a misleading word because it makes us feel like that's the be-all and end-all. And I think... In my past, I've been very frustrated with my primary care physicians, but now I also can see part of that's on me and the way that I was looking what he or she was supposed to be doing for me. And when you put it in, you know, when you break it into thirds, it gives you a much better understanding of what their role in your health care should be. And it shouldn't be the be all and end all. And I think that's mm-hmm. even of itself is a very freeing thought. Like I should have a team. It isn't this yeah. one person that's solely responsible for me who's going to bump me up at various times of my life to a specialist. It's so right. much more nuanced than that. And I think that's a good thing for people to really – and I, I think I'm halfway intelligent. I never thought of it that way. And so I mm-hmm. think that's a really great message. And I think it's also important to keep in mind the more – like the bigger health problems that you have or the more chronic they are, the bigger team you need. Or the, or the better you want to feel, the bigger team you need. And so I've healed a lot of my chronic health issues that I had. I mean, I was so sick in my twenties compared to how I am now. I mean, it's unbelievable night and day. Um, but I'm also trying to do really big things, right? It's like, I own a business. I have a family. Like I'm, I'm working towards these big things in my life. I still need a really big team to keep me healthy and strong, to optimize my health. So it becomes not just about like not being sick anymore. That's what my twenties were about. Now it's about how do I feel amazing? How do I, how do I feel as good as possible so I can do as many wonderful things as I'm capable of? And I don't want my health to hold me back. And so I have a really big team who keeps me sane and keeps me on track and like keeps me feeling good. And I love that. We all need that. 
Yeah, we do. Senya, thank you so much. You are so wonderful and um, you're just a joy. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. Marjorie, did you find a good one today? I did. Heidi Bodine. First of all, Heidi Bodine. I love your name. I just love your name. <laughs> I may take it. Is that wrong? Just take somebody else's name? It is wrong. Yes, okay, you can't sorry. Do that. Heidi Bodine says, appreciate you too. You are a regular part of my power walk. So grateful for oh. your podcast. You feel like good friends going through similar experiences. Thanks for reminding us what's most important, our homes. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.